welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so um, I wanna, I've been thinking about a lot of different stuff. And part of my job as a pastor is to help our church and our church family walk through life. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but um, has anybody noticed gas prices lately? Yeah, like uh, I think we're paying for gold gas now. It's like gold-plated gas. That's why it costs so much. Um, Has anybody, like, is anybody buying a house, looking at buying a house and looking at the interest rates? Looking at the market go up and down, the house of prize, the price of house in the Fraser Valley. Did you know that um, in North America, uh, BC is the most expensive place to live right now? Praise Jesus. God, God, God placed you here. God called you here. Listen, and if God called you to BC, if God put you here, listen, if God put you here, Jacob, if God puts you in Abbotsford, British Columbia, this is where he said, I want you to be, don't you think that God is bigger than everything else that's going on? And so if he said, I've called you here, I've appointed for you to be here, I desire you to be here, don't you imagine that God's got a plan to take care of you? I don't think anybody believes that here. (laughs) It sounds like you're all unsure about that. Uh, So, I mean, the gas prices are going up. Uh, The the house market is going up. It's fluctuating. The the interest rates are going up. Everything, the the price of groceries is going up. Have you been to a grocery store lately? And you're like, this used to cost me 37 cents, and now I'm paying $7.94 for it. I don't know what's happening. Uh, But you know what? God knows what's happening, and it's okay. And so what I want to talk to you about today is this. I want to talk to you about the two economies. The two economies. There's two economies that are always existing. One economy is the economy of this world. Buying and selling. But there's another economy in the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to talk about. In the kingdom of God, money is a tool. It's something that you use, that God can use, but he can also use other things, can't he? In the kingdom of this world, in the economy of this world, money is everything. Isn't it? I know. Listen, part of my job, part of my job, we talked about this, I think last week I mentioned it, part of my job is to poke buttons inside of you to try and get you to see what the word of God says. And one of my points today is this, money has a voice. And I can tell right now that many of you are already listening to that voice. You're like, well, what does that mean? Money has a voice. Listen, uh, anybody here grow up like around the 70s and heard of a band called Pink Floyd? And they wrote a song called Money. Anybody know that song? Yeah. And if you hear, if you hear the sound of a cash register, do you not instantly think of the song Money by Pink Floyd? I'm sorry, is everybody here too sanctified to talk about... <laughs> Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of Pink Floyd in my life. Okay. Well, I've heard of Pink Floyd, and we're talking about it for a second. They wrote a whole song about money. They wrote a whole song about uh, chasing money. It's essentially what the song is about. 
Okay, has anybody heard of a band called Dire Straits? Yep. Well, they wrote, a, they wrote a song in the 80s called Money for Nothing. Well, the song was called I Want My MTV, but it was about money for nothing and how they wanted to be a rock star because if you're a rock star, you can get all the money you want for doing nothing other than playing a guitar. And the whole song was about, uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's two people in the song. There's a, there's a person who's singing the song, and this person who is singing the song does like some kind of manual labor. He talks about moving refrigerators. We've got to move these refrigerators. <laughs> We got to move these color TVs. Have you heard that song? Okay, so you understand what I'm talking about. In the 80s, there was another band called ACDC. Has anybody heard of ACDC? Yeah, Devil Music. They wrote a song called Money Talks. Come on, come on, come on. Listen to your money talk. And there's an expression, there's a saying that says, money talks. And here's the thing, it's not wrong. Those, those words of the song aren't wrong. Money does talk. Money does have a voice. And my job as a pastor is to try and help you see that the voice of money should not be louder in our lives than the voice of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid of money. You don't have to be afraid of spending your money. You don't have to be afraid of giving your money away when the Lord tells you to because his voice should be louder than any other voice you listen to. So I got three points. I'm going to tell you basically what all three of them are right now. And then we're going to look at some scriptures together and back this up. So the first one I already told you was money has a voice. The second thing I want to tell you this, and you should all know this as believers who go to church and are listening to the word of God and you're worshiping the Lord, you should know that the kingdom of God is counterculture to the culture and the kingdom of this world. It's not the same. It's different. It's the opposite way. And we're going to look at Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, his first message that he gets up and he begins to talk to people. And he says, I want to tell you some things. And in that message, in his sermon, he begins to talk about how the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of this world. And the third thing I want to tell you is this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, God has a way for you to get through it. And the way through it is by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, if we get there today, it says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things you have need of will be added unto you. Who's mad so far? Put your hand up if you're angry. Don't put your hand up. So let's open our Bible to Matthew and we're going to go to chapter 5 is where we're going to start. And I, I, I gave Jaden some warning back on the computer because I said, I'm not really sure how we're going to go around this. So we're just going to figure it out and go together. And Jaden's going to put the verses on the screen as we figure it out. Matthew chapter 5. This is um, the Lord's, like I, first, like I said, this is his first sermon. He starts off with what we call the Beatitudes. And this is his big opener, and he begins to get into this message and we're going to pick up in verse 38, and it says this in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 38. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, You've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, 
Do not resist an evil person. If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles, Jesus says. Verse 42, he says, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. He goes on and he says in verse 43, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. Okay, what I want to tell you real quick before we jump and look at the scripture is this. In this passage of scripture, up to this point, Jesus has said six times, you have heard this. You have been taught this. You have been told to live this way. But I say to you, and then he goes on and says, this is how I say you should live. We live in a world where the world says to you, money is everything. You should do everything you can to get more of it. If you don't have more money than somebody else, there's something wrong with you. You're a loser. And when you get your money, you should hoard it and you should save it and you should keep it all for yourself and you should never share it. Listen, saving money and having investments, those are great things to do. Don't hear me say, don't invest your money. Don't hear me say, don't save money. Don't hear me saying those things because that's not what I'm saying. What's important is when the Lord says something else to you that you obey his voice. As a believer, as someone who follows Jesus, we don't get to pick and choose where we follow Jesus at. If he really is your Lord and Savior then we follow Jesus everywhere he says to go. This is fun, isn't it? So up to this point, he said six times, you've heard, but I say. You, and in verse 21, you should, go, you should go read this for yourself so you can see it at some point. Verse 21, he's like, you've heard that your ancestors were told you can't murder. He says, I go beyond that. He says, I don't just say you can't murder. If you're angry with someone, if you've done this, he goes above and beyond what was said. Then in, in verse 27, he says, you've heard said the commandment that says you must not commit adultery, but I say to you, if you even look at someone to lust after them, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So he says, this is what you've heard, but I'm gonna go above and beyond. And then we get to the passage we just read. It says, you've heard the law says the punishment must match the injury. The world tells you one thing. The Lord tells you something else. There's a higher, better way. You don't have to be constrained by the kingdom and the economy of this world. Listen, gas prices could go, could go to $37.94 for all I care. Because the Lord is my source. Not my job. Not the government. Not the economy of British Columbia. And you could say, well, Jake, that's crazy. Maybe it is. But isn't all of this in the natural crazy? So why stop limiting, like, why stop trusting in God at this? Why do we make this our threshold? I'll trust God in everything else, but I won't trust him in my finances. It's true, though. Listen, it's true. We, we kind of trust God everywhere. We'll believe, we'll believe God for miraculous healings. 
We'll believe God for all kinds of things to take place. But when it comes to our money, we say, nah, I'm good. I got this. I got this, Jesus. You can take your hands off. Jesus, don't take the wheel here. You can sit beside me. I got this one. I'm making $16 an hour. Pretty good. Jesus says, okay. Trust the Lord. You live in a counterculture kingdom. Don't follow the kingdom of this world. Don't, listen, don't allow the kingdom of this world to set your mindset for what God says. Did you hear me? Don't let the government of BC, don't let the government of Canada, don't allow them to set your mindset about what the Lord says about things that are found in here. He says, trust in me. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Did you hear what Pastor Jenny just said? She said, don't limit what God can do. Why don't you just grab the microphone there beside you? Then they can all hear you. Is it on? Yeah. Don't limit what God can do. And see, when we buy into that mindset, you know, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that the enemy is stealing mindsets. And the word steal is actually from the Greek word kleptos is where we get the word kleptomaniac. And what happens is, is it's stealing things when we're not even aware of it. And the enemy slowly, we're buying into things and we're not even aware of it. And I believe that today's word is a wake-up word for us to begin to trust in the Lord and not put limiters and barriers and boundaries around us because... Because God is wanting to bless you. God is wanting to make a way where there seems to be no way. God is not wanting you to live in defeat and discouraged, you know, and walking around the grocery store and saying, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? That God wants to just break that off of your mind and remind you that his ways are higher, that his ways are greater. And if God has called you to this season, if God has called you to this province, then he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And he has graced you for this moment, church. God has graced you and your family for this moment. You don't have to run for the hills and be like, it'd be better if we lived over in Alberta. You know what? The grass is greenest is where it's watered and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So church, (laughs) so church, if you've been struggling with fear and anxiety in any area of your life in this way, in this vein, I believe that the Lord is wanting to set you free today where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's right. <laughs> and you know, we're talking about this because uh, we take up offerings every Sunday. We don't take a, lot, a long time taking up offerings um, because we don't want money to be the focus of what we're doing. It is an important part, but it's not the focus of what we're doing. And so it's important every once in a while. I've had conversations recently, and we may get into this, not today, maybe next week. I've had conversations with people, and I realized that, that we need to do some teaching on it, where people that I was talking to in our church didn't understand what tithe was. And so for someone like me who grew up in church, where we understand this is, this is what the Bible teaches about tithing, this is why we tithe, that this, is, this is the purpose and the reasoning behind it. Uh, but then you talk to people like, I have no concept of this. Then I realize that we need to talk about this stuff so that you understand the blessing and what God is wanting to do in your life. So when we find ourselves in situations where the economy is going crazy, 
that we're not solely trusting on the economy and the government and our job to meet our needs, but we have something higher and greater that we put our trust and hope and faith in. Amen? So that's why we're talking about this. So let's go to Matthew. Hold your place in Matthew chapter 5. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18, 19 for a minute, chapter 19. And we're going to look at who we call the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. And we're going to pick up in verse uh, 16. And it says, somebody came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? And uh, Jesus said, why ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. And the guy says, which ones? And Jesus replies in verse 18, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. These are six of the Ten Commandments that Jesus just listed off. And these six are the Ten These are six of the Ten Commandments that you could measure by looking at somebody's life. The other four have to do with your relationship with God. These six, you could look at somebody's life and see if this person is really obeying these commandments. That's why Jesus listed them. The guy says in verse 20, I've obeyed all these commandments. Uh, what else must I do? Jesus tells him, if you want to be perfect or mature or complete, he says, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. Then Jesus says to the disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I told you that money has a voice. And we're looking at this passage of scripture because this is a great example of money having a voice. And I said this to you earlier and I'll say it again. There's not a problem with having money. There's not a problem with saving. There's not a, there's not a problem with investing. Those are all good things. They're responsible things. Buy property, have investments. But here's the thing. In this, in this story, this man came to Jesus and said, what must I do? And Jesus looked at this man and the Bible says... Uh, um, where's it at? He says, what, what? Chapter 19, verse 20 right now. He says, I've obeyed all these commandments as a kid. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, sell all your possessions. One translation, or one, one of the translations says that Jesus looked at this man and loved him. And because he loved him, he told this guy the truth. And the truth was, there's one thing in your life that is stopping you from trusting and walking fully after me. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is let go of that one thing in your life. Let go of that one thing that you're hanging on to. And for him, for this guy, it was money because he had a lot of it. And so what happens is money has a voice and it will speak to you. And Jesus says, you need to do this. You need to let go of this. You need to give this away. You need to share this. You need to do this. You need to invest this. You need to pull out this investment, and I want you to do this with it. And when you listen to your money more than you listen to the voice of God, you've got trouble. Well, let's, let's make it not about money for a second. When you listen to anything else more than you listen to the voice of God, you've got trouble. Am I right? When you listen to Dr. Phil more than you listen to Jesus, you've got trouble. Dr. Phil, he's got some great stuff to say. I'm sure I've actually never in the 20 years, whatever, he's been, I've never seen a Dr. Phil episode. But apparently the man is smart. And he's got great stuff to say. Take it, listen to it. 
But when you listen to him more than you listen to the voice of Jesus, you got problems brewing in your life because you're lifting up something else higher than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we just sang a song saying Jesus basically is the name of every other name, right? We just sang a song saying that his name was power and his name is life and his name is healing. But when you exalt another voice in your life higher than the voice that has power and healing and life in it, you got issues that you need to address. I'm having more fun than all of you. I'm having more fun than all of you combined right now. But that's okay, I'm gonna keep having some fun, so don't worry about it. It's my job, I'm not, here to, I'm not here all the time to make us all feel good, I'm here to teach you the word of God. I'm here to show you there's higher ways to live. I'm here to show you that you don't have to trust the world. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of this world. Caitlin, you may live here, but guess what? One day, all of this is gone, and you are gone, and you are living your eternity with Jesus. And everything we've done here, good, bad, and indifferent, it's all going to be left here, and what really matters is going to live on for forever. So I'm here to talk about things that matter forever. So we get our eyes off of the here and now and think about there's more to life. No turning back. Jesus said to the disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says this because it's so hard for a rich person because they've spent time, they've spent years, they've spent all this time investing, saving, becoming rich because becoming rich is their goal. And he says, it's hard for them to enter the kingdom of heaven because they've listened to this voice more than they've listened, not everybody, some people, have listened to the voice of the money more than they've listened to the voice of the Lord. Do not allow money to speak to you louder than the Lord speaks to you. Do not allow money to speak louder to you than the voice the Lord speaks to you with. Do not allow money to speak to you. Do not allow that gas pump to speak to you. Do not allow the grocery store to speak to you louder than the voice speaks to you. When the Lord says, I want you to do this, listen to the Lord's voice. Don't go to the gas pump and complain and say, oh my gosh, this is so much money. I can't afford it. You can afford it because you have the greater one living on the inside of you. You've got somebody that you can put your trust and your hope and your faith in. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Am I making sense? Yeah, we need to hear it. I'm not after your money. Churches get a bad rap for people thinking they're just after their money. But the CEO and my boss of Churches Inc. (laughs) worldwide, the guy is so loaded, he doesn't need your money. It's after your heart. Let me, let me give you a testimony. I think I told some of you this, and I might have said it mm, a month ago or so, but me and Jen were invited down to Denver for um, a little mini conference with people that we've known very much at arm's length. We used to take our youth down to their conference in Oregon. Ten years ago, they moved and started a church in, Portland, or in Denver, and uh, we've known of them um, They've spoken a lot into our life. 
through their words and their messages, but never really like on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, they invited us down to come. The, the guy called me up out of the blue and said, hi, we know a lot of the same people. Um, and we had a little bit of conversation. Guy calls me up out of the blue and says, hey, we want you to come down and join us for this three-day pastor's conference in Denver. We'll pay for the hotel. We'll pay for all your food. We'll take care of all this stuff. You just got to get down here. And we said, okay. We get down there. Uh, on day two of the meeting, the guy comes up to me and says, sends me a message, and he says this, very ominous. This is, now, this is a person that, that I've really looked up to in my, like, in my life for 15 years? Yeah, he, this guy doesn't know it. Sends me a message, because uh, he got my cell phone number. He sends me a message, and he says, come find me in my office before the service tonight. I'm like, okay. Those are the messages you get like when you're in trouble for something. Like, come. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, there wasn't like a winky face. It wasn't like a smile emoji. There was, there was nothing to read into the text. It was just a text, and it said, come find me in my office before the service tonight. I want to talk to you. I think that's what it said. I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I mean, okay. Like, I don't know what this guy wants. So we went to go meet with this guy. We went together, went and found him in the office before the service. He sits us down, and we have this... We're talking, his wife is there, and, and we're talking, and the four of us are together, me and Jen and him and his wife, we're talking, and, and we probably talked for 15 minutes, and the whole time you're talking, in the back of your mind, you're like, what, is, what are we talking about? Like, we're talking, but what, why do you want me here? You, don't, you didn't just send me this text to tell me that, uh, you know, you're glad we're here, or am I learning anything, or am I having a good time, or how am I doing with the altitude in Denver? That's not why we're talking. And so finally, he begins to move into why he really wanted us to to come meet him. And he was asking about the church. And he was asking about all of you. And he was asking about our new building. And he was asking all these questions. And then he says, well, what we want to do is we want to, as a church, give you some money. And they're sending us $5,000 US out of the blue. I mean, I thought that was exciting. I'm telling you this because Jesus Christ doesn't need your money. This isn't about money. It's about hearts. That's what this is really about. God can make things. Now, he uses, I said this at the very beginning, that money in the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, money is a tool. It's not the tool. It's not the only tool. It is a tool. But God will use all kinds of people in all kinds of different ways to get to you what you need. So I was saying, don't worry about what's happening out here because you serve a great big God who thinks about you, who cares for you, who has plans for you, and doesn't want to see you be broken and have nothing and can't afford gas and can't afford groceries. When you put your trust in Jesus and you live your life like he tells you to live, as we find in the word of God, he takes care of you. Matthew 19, the guy left. He was very sad because he had listened to the voice of money more than he listened to the voice of God. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to finish up here quickly. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we're going to jump right down to verse 19, Jaden. And I want to show you this. Now remember, this is Jesus' first message that he's teaching. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's the first time he's talking to people like in a big setting like this. 
And uh, so he just started off. He gave the Beatitudes. Then he did a, a whole section where he talked about how the kingdom of God is a counterculture to what you've been taught. And you're called to live differently than what the world teaches you to live. And then he moves into talking about, in verse 19, he says, talks about storing up your treasures. Talks about saving your money. So in Matthew chapter uh, 6, starting at verse 19, Jesus, right off the bat, says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, he says in verse 20, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So the first thing I want to talk about real quick in this passage of scripture is this. First of all, Another counterculture thought. The world says to store up all your treasures. The world tells you to save everything, to store it up, to hoard it. It's yours. Don't share it. Keep it all to yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. The Lord says, in fact, what I want you to do is not store up treasures here on earth because they fade away, because thieves will break in and steal them, because the things that you have. Has anybody here, do you ever have anything that you, like, you buy, you love, and you love it so much that you don't use it? Has that ever happened? And then when you go, you go to go get it, and it's been so long that you had it, that it, like, it doesn't fit anymore, or it's broken because you stored it for so long, you pull it out, and it's like, oh, man, this is junk now. Does that happen to anybody? Yes. Yeah, it's happened to all of us. We all do that, don't we? He says, don't do that because those things that you store up here, they degrade, they wear away, they break down, they get stolen, you lose them, you forget them, they go somewhere else. He said, don't do that. He said, instead, store up treasure in heaven. Now, here's a thought. You can't store up the same treasure in heaven that you store up on earth, can you? So Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth, store up treasures in heaven, which means immediately that you have to have a mind shift about what your treasure is. The treasures you store on earth, you're not storing gold bricks in heaven. You know, like, hello, Lord, I'm here to deposit my gold bricks and store them in the heavenly bank account, zero, zero, zero. I guess it would be seven, 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 seven. That's a number joke. Seven's the number of completion, if you didn't know that, okay? It's a number of perfection. Oh, my gosh. You've got to change your mindset about what your treasure is. You can't store up the same treasures on earth and in heaven. He says, so don't store up your treasures here. Store up your treasures in heaven. And your treasures in heaven have to be eternal treasures. Treasures in heaven have to be souls and family. As we were singing this morning, Pastor Jenny said, who's believing God for their family? Your family needs to be your treasure. Your salvations of your family need to be your treasure. Things that last forever need to be your treasure. Not treasure. We're not pirates. We're not Christian pirates, are we? Where we go out and bury our treasure in the dirt and say, this is where I've X marks a spot. Ahoy, mateys. We've got to change our mindset about what our treasure is. Jesus says, don't store up your treasure here. Store up your treasure in heaven. Then he goes on, he says this in verse 24. Let's jump to 24. And he says this. I'm almost done, guys. Hang on with me. He says, nobody can serve two masters. It's not possible. You, you would know this. Let's, let's pause for just a moment. You can't serve two bosses, let alone two masters. 
Has anybody had a job with two bosses before? It is terrible. It does not turn out well. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure who you work for. You're not sure which one you're supposed to listen to, especially when they both start saying opposing things, where the one boss is over here saying this, and the other boss is over here saying this, and you're stuck in the middle, and you say, who am I supposed to listen to? And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about here, because many people have made the economy of the world their boss. Many people, like Pink Floyd said, make money their boss, and everything they do is about getting more of it, and everything they think about is storing it up so they can buy jets, they can buy planes, they can have all the toys, and they can have nice houses, they can have nice clothes, they can eat all the fancy food they want, they can do everything because they made money their boss. And Jesus says, you can't make money your boss, and you can't make me your boss too. It doesn't work. Why? Because they're opposing economies. (laughs) Just doing something different, seeing if you're awake. (laughs) Nobody can serve two masters. He says, these are Jesus' words. If you don't like these words, talk to Jesus about them. Go home today. Be like, Jesus, I don't like your words. He'll say, cool, it's still true. Nobody can serve two masters. You're either going to hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Now, in the New King James, it uses the word mammon. You can't use both. You can't serve God and mammon. Jaden, can we put that up there? This is what mammon actually means, okay? When Jesus said mammon, it means wealth, the personification of riches. Uh, Mammon is the comprehensive word for all kinds of possessions, earnings, and gains. A designation of material value. The Lord personifies mammon, the Lord Jesus, the God of materialism. There's a spirit attached to money. It is the spirit of mammon. It's the spirit that tries to speak to you when the Lord says, I want you to do this, or hey, I want you to go here. And you say, I can't go there because I don't have any money. I can't do this because I don't have any money. Whose voice are you listening to? Jesus said, you can't serve both God and money. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, Jesus is your Lord and Savior in every area of your life. Every area. And I'll tell you what, here's the thing. I could be a really bad Savior. I could be a really bad Lord. But Jesus is not. He's got Jeff's best interest always on his mind. He's like, I love Jeff is like my favorite servant, servant. And I want to make sure that Jeff has everything he needs. As Jeff serves in my kingdom, I want to make sure that Jeff's needs are all met. I want to make sure that my servants aren't left starving and destitute and homeless and without clothes. I want to make sure that my servants, when people look at them, they say, wow, there's something different about this person. They're not crying when they're at the gas pump. They're not complaining when they're at the gas pump. They're not laying down on the floor of the grocery store having a hissy fit because cheese went up. Okay, let's go on. Let's finish up here. 
ice cream time. Let's go have some ice cream. No, no, ice cream's canceled. Nobody wants ice cream, it's canceled. <laughs> ice cream is canceled, everyone! You can't serve both God and money. And then Jesus says this. This is why I tell you. So back to what he was saying in chapter 5. You've heard it said, I say this to you. You've heard it said, I say this to you. You've heard it said, I say this to you. Jesus says, you can't serve both God and money. That's why I say this to you. And I want to read this to you so that you hear it, that you hear the words of Jesus. I don't want to say to you, I know I've gone over how long I normally talk, and I don't want to say to you, go home and read this, because I know most of you won't read this. So I want you to hear the words of Jesus right here and right now about what he says about trusting him. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Good news, everyone. You don't need to worry about everyday life. You should be more excited about that. He says, you don't need to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air, he says. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? You know what he's saying here, right? He's like, take a look at the birds. They don't work at all to have food to eat, but God loves them so much that he makes sure they got food to eat. You don't see a bird out there in the field somewhere with a pitchfork. Oh, I just got to go plow the field and make sure I got some food to eat. Winter's coming. If I don't do this now, I'm not going to have anything to eat. Oh, man, my life is so hard. Where are them worms at? He's saying God loves them so much, he takes care of them. Then he says, and why worry about your clothing in verse 28? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make their, they don't make their own clothing, yet Solomon, which the Bible tells us was the richest, wisest man of all, says, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. If God loves those flowers outside in the yard so much, don't worry about it because he cares for you more than he cares for those flowers. Last few verses here. 31. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? And what are we going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers because they don't have a hope that Jesus is taking care of them. Do not let the lies of the enemy dominate your thoughts. Put your trust in your hope in Jesus. He goes on, he says, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else above what the gas costs you, above what your bills cost you, above what your groceries cost you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Put God first in your life. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to the voice of money louder than you listen to the voice of God. And when you seek God and his kingdom and you listen to his voice above every other voice, God will meet your needs. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and he will bring everything you have need of to you. Stand up with me. That was so much fun. I think next week we're going to continue on a little bit, talk some more about what giving in the kingdom looks like. And here's why. Because I really want you to understand what God thinks about money and economy. Not just like money, not just like your money in your bank account. I want you to understand how God feels about the economy of heaven so that you are not broken, so that you are not poor and destitute, so that you learn to trust God yourself in your finances, in your everyday life, so you're not like Jesus was saying here, so you're not worrying about your clothes, and you're not worrying about what to eat, you're not worrying about all those things. He says, they dominate the thoughts, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. We don't want to be a body of believers who are dominated by thoughts of the material world. We want to be a body of believers who are dominated by thoughts of the eternal. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.